Welcome into the Off the Post podcast. I'm Nick Dovlayan with my co-host Lucas Tashi. Today, a legendary player joins a potentially legendary team. We talk about Messi going to PSG. We also update you guys on some transfer rumors we're interested in. And finally, some of the leagues in Europe are kicking off. So we're going to give you our interesting matchups that we like. And we're also going to give a new segment, which is what we call the Lock of the Week. We hope you guys enjoy the show. What's up, Lucas? Hey, Merry Christmas, Nick. Uh, we were recording the podcast on August 13th, Friday the 13th, but it's anything but ugly today with all the leagues kicking off this week. Uh, today, Premier League, La Liga, uh, Ligue 1, uh, Bundesliga, and then next week we have City. Uh, it, Nick, I'm just buzzing. I'm happy to have soccer back. Club soccer is back. We are back, baby. Yeah, I know. And we kick it off with uh, Brentford and Arsenal today, which I'm sure is going to end in a draw just because I just feel that way, you know. <laughs> but uh, there's so many interesting matchups that, to cover. I want to go into the, the Premier League first, Lucas, if, if you don't mind. Dude. And uh, and uh, I really like – I want to talk about Man United leads United because that's like an old rivalry, right, that yeah. ended up ending in like the early 2000s because – Leeds had it gotten relegated and they had their financial troubles. And since it became uh, new again, right, last season, yep. uh, I'm just interested to see what happens with these. Uh, you know, you have Bielsa, who is a world-class coach against Ole and Manchester United, whose squad is better than last year, right? But Varane is not playing. So I'm excited to see what happens here. Yeah. Um, and then also Bielsa got a contract extension with Leeds, which is really promising news because, as you mentioned, he is a world class coach. He, he's fantastic. And I think he's taking this team in the right direction. Um, I do think they'll finish in the top top half of the table. It'll be it'll be difficult because there are a lot of teams that improved this year. Um, but I, I think tomorrow's matchup is going to be fantastic for uh, an afternoon British time afternoon game. Uh, early morning game for us Americans on the East Coast, and then very early morning game for um, the West Coast people out there, probably 4 a.m. Uh, they got to be committed to go watch uh, Manchester United and the rest of the Premier League. But a uh, really, really fun game to watch tomorrow because both are very attacking sides. Last year, United and Leeds played, and it, the first matchup, it was actually 6-2 because both sides were very attacking. But then Bielsa, the great manager that he is, he changed his squad's tactics up in the second, uh, in the second match, where he had to shift the actual defensive shape so United couldn't penetrate as easily. And it, it's, it's going to be fantastic to see what we will see tomorrow, um, whether, whether it's going to be that first matchup where it's that goal scorer goal scoring or if it's going to be the second matchup where it's going to be that tight tight contest yeah i agree with you i think uh i think a lot of interesting stuff is going to happen here uh leads right hasn't really improved their squad too much i know they signed junior furpo uh and i'm hoping that bentford continues the the skills that he had uh, uh, displayed last season this year as well Rafina should take a step forward, and I'm sure Rodrigo having a year under Bielsa will improve too. The thing that's interesting about Leeds is what, the, what direction they're going to go in because they could have easily uh, signed a lot of players and dumped a lot of money to this team. 
you know, they have uh, they have the backing if they want it. But I think taking the conservative approach won't hurt them. Uh, I think also what they may look to do is kind of uh, develop these younger players and then sell them for a high profit to then reinvest in the squad and then kind of follow sort of a, a Dortmund model, a Lil model where they're financially viable, but they're also recruiting talent and developing talent to sell for profit. Yep, I agree. And, and that's going to be like a lot of the clubs. Uh, look at what Aston Villa have done with, um, they actually had a fantastic uh, summer transfer window where they knew pretty much that they were going to sell Jack Grealish. And they did all their business before they sold Jack Grealish because then teams would take advantage of Villa knowing they have the money to pay up. So I think they did a fantastic bit of business. And I, I believe Villa is actually a team to watch out for in the, in the league this year. Yeah, Villa could take a step forward uh, and be above Everton for sure. They could be above Leeds as well. I think their squad reinvestment and their strategy for the for the summer was really smart. So they could be competing for a uh, European place with, you know, with Leicester, with Tottenham, with Arsenal. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they perform against Watford, which is a team I believe we both picked to, to get relegated this year. Yes. So, so, you know, we expect we expect Aston Villa to perform really well. Uh, I'm also interested in seeing, obviously, the Tottenham-Man City matchup. I think this may be one of the other ones we're interested in talking about just because Harry Kane was allegedly wanting to move away. City were, was allegedly interested, right? And then it looks like he's going to stay for another season. I mean, I think that's like the classic display of a club holding its guns after the star player signs a massive cr- contract. I personally feel like Tottenham should have probably – been reasonable and gone some players off of Man City and gotten a huge fee to reinvest in the squad because too many of the players have been there for, for too long of a time. You need fresh faces. And I, th- I thought using Kane for that would be great leverage for them. But it, it seems like he's going to stay. I mean, Tottenham, I think I, we both like Nuno, Spirito Santos. So yeah. I, think, uh, I think they'll be competing for the European spots too. Not the Champions League, but, you know, the – the conference league and the Europa league. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree. And uh, I think Nuno, I, I, I'm really not sure how I feel about him being the manager of Spurs because I think they have such great attacking talent and the way that he positioned his squad with Wolves was very defensive. And I don't believe Spurs have the defensive uh, talent to be able to do what he has done in the past. But, I mean, that's definitely going to be a game to watch out for because Man City actually is not without – they ha- they don't have Kevin De Bruyne. So, Kevin De Bruyne is that game changer who's going to shift the game no matter what. And who knows who's going to play striker. It's probably going to be Gabriel Jesus. It's going to be it's going to be an interesting matchup. I think uh, – I have City winning that, but I, I think it's going to be closer than expected because I can see – a uh, low-scoring nil-nil one-one draw. I can see sit. I can see Spurs um, just scraping out a point out of that. Yeah, I agree with you. Is there anything else you you're interested in talking about uh, with any of these matchups? Matchup, I think today, August thirteenth, today's matchup between Arsenal and Brentford is going to be fantastic. Um, I I really think 
uh, this Brentford side is used to scoring goals in the championship. I am interested to see if they can compete with the side like Arsenal compared to competing with sides like, I mean, Watford uh, and then also Norwich, like other, other championship side, championship sides. But I, a player to watch out for, and I've, I've been calling him out all summer, Ivan Tony. Like, he, he's a fantastic striker who had, I think, over 30 goals last season. We'll see if he can replicate that. We, we'll see if he, can, if he can bag the goals like people expect him to. Um, he's a young English uh, striker, and I, I'm really interested to see how Arsenal is going to play because they finished last season in fantastic form. From February onward, they were the second uh, most informed team, only behind Liverpool. So that's saying much. With players, I, I'm not sure if they have the talent just yet, but if they can get players back, or, I mean, we'll get into this later, but if they can get Marty Odegaard back, I think that could be a game-changing transfer that can help them moving forward. Because if you remember last year, I believe they got him on loan in January. Correct me if I'm wrong there, Nick. That's correct, yeah. So he was a game changer for that side. And if you have Emil Smith-Rowe, Odegaard, and Bukayo Saka up, uh, as the midfield three uh, in front of Shaka uh, and Lukanga, that could be a sneaky team to watch out for. Yeah, man, I agree with you 100%. I think that Brentford can... It, it's uh, for me. It's it, it's more likely that they stay up, right? And they they have an impressive uh, performance, and they end up kind of being like what Villa was a couple years ago, where they ended up barely making it through and surviving rele- uh, against relegation, and then having a successful second year and being able to build off of that. Yeah, I think it, I think it's really dependent on how Tony performs because if yeah. he's if he's uh, if he's you know. Uh, uh, 15 to 20 goal scorer, then they're going to do really well. But if he's, you know, the early 10s, then they're going to struggle a lot because... Sorry, Nick, you cut out there a little bit. Can you just repeat what you said? Sorry about that. I was going to say if he gets barely above 10 goals, then it's going to be very difficult for them to stay up. Yep, yeah, I can definitely see that. Um, another team I'm just interested to see is Chelsea because, I mean, they had the game on Wednesday, the Super Cup which they won on penalties against uh, Villarreal. I, I, I'm wondering if their team is going to be any different because, to be fair, a 1-1 draw, essentially it was a 1-1 draw against Villarreal. And Villarreal had their chances. So uh, I'm interested to see if they can take that next step because I am anticipating them finishing second with Tuchel, a full season of Tuchel, um, getting signings left and right, fantastic signings. Uh, I'm interested to see how they play tomorrow against um, a Crystal Palace side who I don't think would do well. And I actually have them getting relegated. So it should be an interesting watch tomorrow. Yeah, I agree. I think think seeing what Lukaku does, I think there's no doubt in my mind that he'll be successful with Chelsea. So uh, I I believe him starting tomorrow. Yeah, I know he's probably going to play against Arsenal in his first game. So, what I was going to say was really that, you know, if Chelsea get through this week, uh, 
I feel like it's there. I expect them to win. They should win. Right. So it'll be just interesting how they play and whether Timo Werner improves on uh, his disappointing season last year. The last thing I want to talk about really two things. Uh, one's a, one's a quick thing. And the other one's a semi quick thing. Uh, first off, Norwich city is going to probably get the breaks beaten off of them tomorrow. So that's <laughs> going to be fun to see. I triple captain Salah Lucas. I'm just letting you know, right off the bat. Wow. Yeah. Right off, the, right off the bat, just full, full stones on the table. Wow, interesting. Not even on a double game week, you uh, triple captain Salah. Yeah, he scored a hat trick in the opening weekend last year, and I just feel like, I don't know. I just feel like he's. Yeah, I have to do it now. My triple captain last year was was Greenwood on that triple game week, and it ended up being incredible. Uh, yeah. So so that's gonna be interesting to see with Everton and Southampton. Uh, you know, I just I'm curious to see how Southampton does losing Ings, and I'm curious to see how, what Everton looks like with Benitez as their manager. I mean, Everton has had both teams have really had a lackluster summer, so yeah, uh, I just expect them to both kind of finish middle of the table slash uh, lower side of the the middle of the table. Yeah, no, uh, it'll be definitely a fun season. I, I'm very excited for it, to be honest. Me too, me too. Um, let's let's move into La Liga, who, which also starts today with Valencia versus Getafe. This league, it's it, it literally turned upside down. 100% yeah. turned upside down with the news that came out this week. Um, I, I think what we can do is let's talk about Messi first, and then we'll get into the dynamic of how Messi leaving changes the dynamic of the league. Yeah. So I just think uh, when obviously Messi was leaving, we are, we, we kind of talked about it the day it happened, which is, which was nuts that it happened to happen on that day. And we expected him to go to PSG and he has since done that. So, I mean, he joins, uh, an all-star team, right? And yeah, I know, I know. I look at this team and I see really no weaknesses and just a massive improvement. They've probably had the greatest summer uh, transfer window that I've ever seen. Honestly, uh, I can't Great. even think. I don't even think any any anyone comes close, right? And when I look at this team and the and the, the big names on this roster, I just feel like it just reminds me of the the Real Madrid Galacticos, right? Where they ended up getting all the star players that they did and Beckham and Ronaldo and Figo and Roberto Carlos. Right. So, and Casillas when they had that stacked squad, I look here, right. And I mean, Barcelona from 15, 16 with Neymar Suarez and uh, Messi, you know, and PK and, and Ter Stegen, they all come to mind. Right. But this squad, I, I hold in a slightly higher regard just because of the names, the popularity that these players have, Right, Donnarumma, uh, Sergio Ramos, Messi here, Neymar here, Mbappe. You know, you just it's just uh, it's incredible to see, and yeah. uh, I'm excited to see how it how it plays out. Yeah, I, I yeah, hundred percent. I think this team, if they don't get the Champions League, it'll be a complete failure, like complete failure, because yeah. they they just like you said, there's no weaknesses. Even if they, even if Donnarumma gets hurt, they have Kaylor Navas getting coming in. They they have fantastic center backs. Their center mids are brilliant. And then if you have Messi, Neymar, and Mbappe up top, 
I'm just salivating at seeing Neymar and Messi both like feeding Mbappe. I can see Mbappe having like a 70 goal season because I can see them all going for 40 plus. Yes, 100% should go for 40 plus, potentially even 50 because they uh, that front three is just scary. Scary, scary good. So fast. I know. I know, but what what I was going to mention is Messi leaving. Messi was the face of La Liga for 20 years, nearly. Like, him leaving now, and I still get ads about ESPN Plus with La Liga, and the first person that pops up is Messi. Like, La Liga, I think, and both Barcelona and La Liga, they dropped off in terms of scalability, in terms of... Uh, marketing exposure because Messi's gone. So I'm wondering if people are still going to watch La Liga as much as they did pre-Messi. And I know it's one guy, but we're talking about Lionel Messi. His brand is massive. So what do you think, Nick? I mean, I know I'm going to still watch, right? But I I have obvious biases. So um, I just feel like the, the league may take a step back in ratings and popularity temporarily but i don't i don't see that happening long term i still think it's the the second best league right and then a matter of time you know, I, maybe within a year or two they're going to just be back to being a popular league as they were last year and even when ronaldo and messi were both in the league because i think at that point right i mean it was considered the second best league but i really thought it was the best and I thought yeah. it was it was definitely the most popular in my opinion because Real Madrid Barcelona for you know eight nine years was the matchup everyone wanted to see twice a year you know yeah. so I just I I have to agree but I don't think it's gonna last a long time uh, going into this ma- these matchups right I mean Barcelona right off the bat gets Real Sociedad which is a, who's a really great team yeah uh, who who had an incredible start last year. And I feel like they'll do the same this year. It's just that injuries kind of slowed them down in the second half, but they were competing for a Champions League spot all the way till till pretty much the end, uh, before Sevilla pulled away, and uh, before you know, before they got a lot of injured. But Silva, David Silva's still there, right? And so that's gonna that's gonna be. Really cool to watch. Alexander Isaac is a player that shined at the Euros, and I, yeah. I expect I expect uh, I expect an interesting matchup. I would not be surprised if Barcelona lost this game. I would not be either, especially with the news uh, over the last week. Um, but I mean, we've we've noted this player for weeks now on this podcast. I mean, Pedri is back in training, so he has the he has the opportunity to start on uh, Sunday and play full 90 minutes. And um, if he does, he could be like a game changer. So um, we'll, we'll see how Barcelona will react to the news coming from Messi. But Messi had that team on his back last year, and that he's the real reason why they uh, had the season that they had. But also, we'll see how Memphis Depay can do. Um, a, lot of, a lot of fans don't rate Depay. Because he's only done it in legal, he hasn't really done much. But he's had a, he had, he's had a decent preseason, so um, it'll be a player to watch out for. Yeah, I don't uh, even know what what 
Sorry, I, I just have to say before you go, I don't even know what lineup they're going to field because I'm not sure they've even registered the pie yet. I have to double check, but uh, that is true. I, yeah, so I don't know who they're going to field. They'll have to probably start Griezmann, but it's just gonna it's going to be interesting to see the team that comes out against Real Sociedad. And I do think Griezmann's going to flourish now. I think Griezmann's actually going to improve like significantly with Messi not there. Because, I mean, we said this, Griezmann plays in Messi's position. So them together, it just the chemistry didn't really work out. So I do think he can, he can be that player for Barcelona to take them and maintain that level. Yeah, I agree. Uh, next matchup, and I know you'll want to get into this, but uh, Real Madrid and Alaves. What are your thoughts as the Real Madrid fan? So uh, I just expect Real Madrid to to run through them. I mean, Alaves finished 16th in the league, so I uh, should expect a win. You know, there's their squad improvement has been basically minimal uh, yeah. with with Alaba coming in. They've been focused more on selling players to meet the, the financial fair play regulations, you know, but uh, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, <laughs> all of us topping the table right now, which uh, I always like the, the clubs topping the table at the beginning of the season before playing a game joke. So that's good for them. Congrats. <laughs> Pro- probably will not last long, may get relegated. Uh, highly likely that they get relegated, honestly, this year. Yeah. So, so we'll, we'll have to see how they do. Uh, but I expect a win here. Yeah, it should be it should be very obvious that uh, Real gets that win. Yeah, and, and I, going I, on to the, go ahead. Sorry, I was gonna say Atletico Celta Vigo is the only real other interesting matchup that that stands out to me. I mean, Sevilla should beat Rayo Vallecano, uh, and Villarreal Granada is gonna be a tight game, but a, probably a boring game to watch. So Celta Vigo Atletico Madrid, I think, is the 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 second most interesting game of the weekend. I agree. And uh, I mean, it, I think it's between the two Madrid sides to win the league. Uh, I do. Th- I don't think Barcelona will be able to maintain the level that they have been over the past few years to even get to that to the title level. I think it's going to be Atleti and then Real uh, competing from day one all the way to match day 38. Yeah, I, I agree 100 percent. And Atletico should win this one. I mean, they they again from top to bottom in terms of depth and quality have the best team this year as well. You know, you know, if Real Madrid doesn't make any improvements really, uh, and Atletico makes improvements and Atletico won last year, you should expect Atletico to be the best squad again this year. And I really do believe that. But uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be tight again. So we'll see what happens here. Yeah, and then moving on to the third league that is kicking off today, which. With actually like a great game, Bayern yeah. Munich versus Munich Gladbach, like it, it's a fantastic game to start off. And I, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, this is like the best opening game yeah. of like the weekend. Yeah, I agree. Like this is a game to watch out for today. I mean, we fully expect Bayern to win, but hey, it's it's match day one. Anything could happen. Legit, anything could happen. So I mean, if Gladbach wants to take advantage. I think this is the opportunity to do so because maybe there like maybe there are lineups or players that are injured or they haven't been fully rested because there's been a lot of football this summer. There's been the Euros, there's been uh, uh what's it called? the uh, Olympics. Um 
like so much football has been going on. So if anything, I think this is the week that Gladbach could take advantage of. I think so too. I think especially when Nagelsmann is new and uh, they haven't, I mean, I'm not putting a lot of weight in preseason, but they haven't played well. So, so it's going to be interesting to see. And, and there's so many question marks, right? With watching Gladbach, they have a new coach. Bayern have a new coach. You know, it's going to be interesting to see how these two teams implement their systems and p- perform. So I, I, I'm excited to see this one. Yeah, uh, I think that's very exciting. I mean, we both fully expect Bayern to just get the ball rolling. Uh, not not match day one, but potentially in like four to five match days and just get on a hot streak, which is typically what they usually do. Um, but yeah, I think it's a fun matchup to watch. I think the other matchup too, uh, I mean, a, a very exciting matchup actually, Dortmund versus Frankfurt tomorrow. Uh, two sides that were in the top five. Uh, Dortmund losing uh, Sancho, but, I mean, maintaining other players. They signed Donia from uh, a, a winger, essentially replacing Sancho. But I think players can step up, and they have the capability to step up. So Gio Reyna is going to likely get the start, the American. And then Frankfurt, who was a strong side last year. Uh, and I think that'll be a fun fun matchup to watch as well. I think two really good matchups to start uh, the Bundesliga. Um, Nick, are there any sleepers that you have that you think will win? When uh, you mean like the weekend? Yeah, for the weekend. Okay. Like any underdogs. So, I mean, Union Berlin, Leverkusen, I think is an interesting one. I think Union Berlin could win that one uh, 100%. Yeah. Especially because they pl- they played so well last year and they they're a top of the table team and, and you know they're in Berlin so they're very successful and very popular. Uh, that's gonna be an interesting one. I feel like you're gonna probably if I was to ask you, I don't know why I feel like you'd pick mine's RB Leipzig. Am I wrong? Uh, yeah, no, you're not wrong. I, I do I do think Leipzig. I just don't rate them this year. Um, and I think that could be a matchup. But uh, honestly, I can see Gladbach also scraping away with the draw, similar to what I said about Spurs and City. I can see Gladbach getting a draw out of this game, and I think it'll be a high-scoring game. Um, but it, it'll be a lot of fun to watch. But I think, yeah, mine's at home against Leipzig. I think that is going to be uh, something that could potentially happen. Yeah, so uh, we're gonna go into Liga, right? Who they actually started last weekend, and uh, it's gonna be cool to see what happens after match day two. Yeah, uh, I don't know if Messi's gonna play in this game. It remains to be seen. But if you look at the standings, just based on the results for from last weekend, you know Marseille, PSG have won, and then Lille have drawn. And uh, Leon have also drawn. I mean, f- basically, the crazy thing is only four teams won from the weekend, so, and then the rest drew. Unreal. So, yeah. So you have you have literally a tie from fifth to to sixteenth. I mean, this is PSG's league to to lose, right? So they it's crazy how they lose the league last year to Lil, and then they come back and have this crazy summer to to perform. Yeah. So I mean, for for this one, Lucas, honestly, like there's no there's nothing really that pops out to me to me. Marseille Bordeaux historically has always been great, 
So, I mean, I'd be interested to see that. But other than that, I have uh, I have nothing that pops out. Actually, you know, you know, I would also want to see Marseille to see Saliba uh, perform because he's on loan from from Arsenal. But uh, other than that, that's the that's the only one I'd really be interested in watching in. Yeah, I, I also think Lille and uh, Nice could be a little good game too. I mean, Nice has some decent players. They have uh, Dolberg from who scored that banger against England. Uh, Justin Cliver, who's been fantastic. I mean, they have some decent players. Morgan Schneiderling, um, the former Man United uh, center mid. <laughs> um, I, I do think that'll be a, a great game to watch as well. But, I mean, the story of the weekend with Ligue is PSG and what they do with Messi. Um, he's been practicing for three days now. Uh, I, I don't know if he's fully match fit. I think he can potentially get 15 to 20 minutes. Uh, given that PSG are home, I think they may want to get him in the game so they don't get the fans upset. But, I mean, it, they should win the game very easily anyways. So just give him some time to get uh, get into his match fitness. Yeah, I agree. I think now it's time to talk about transfers, right? And I'm excited yeah. to, 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 to get into this. So, uh, we just heard today that Odegaard is uh, interested in joining Arsenal again. And what you alluded to, Lucas, I absolutely agree with before when we were talking about the Brentford matchup. I think Odegaard gives them uh, another dimension, right? And I think that if the squad stays healthy, they have the potential to qualify for the Champions League. But I think it's like, it's very, uh, it's very likely that they do not qualify and they qualify for Europa, right? Yeah. And they qualify for the Champions League. But but whereas before I just didn't see it happening, now I'm I'm willing to give them uh, a shot, not a big shot, but but somewhat of a shot because they have creativity and depth in that center midfield, right? With uh Odegaard, Xhaka, uh Partey and so, so uh Lakonga, right? Who was Yep recently signed and I he's been really impressive to to watch some of the passes he has so I consider that really the depth in the center midfield that they need and then you have creativity with uh with Saka with Emil Smith Rowe so and Odegaard right can give you that so I think that there's there's more versatility but for me to say that they can compete seriously for the Champions League I mean realistically they're they're signing or two away from that Right. And uh, they would need uh, another creative player, a second striker of nature and a center midfielder, in my opinion, to really have that ability, because I just feel like uh, I feel like the players up front, Lacazette and Ambo Yang, uh, they've been underperforming for the past season yeah. and uh, past couple seasons in the case of Lacazette. Right. Where he had a, what was considered an up year last year, but still. I mean, this guy was scoring 30 goals a season at at Ligon for for Lyon. So that that's I mean, the expectation is that they have to reach around 20 goals each for for us to be successful. And I don't know if that will happen from them. It may come from Pepe, but but we'll have to see. Odegaard just only increases the possibility of that happening. But still, there are a couple signings short. Yeah, I think there are a few signings short. Um, I do have them in fifth. Like in my rankings, my predictions. However, but 
I just don't. I think they're a significant tier below those top four sides, like a yeah, significant I, tier below. I, I, mean, um, I, I but, don't believe they can they can compete with the Champions League. I do think they should be able to get Europa League easily. They are a few signings away. I think they need a striker because, like you said, they they have a lot of midfield options, especially if they get um, Odegaard. They do have a lot of midfield options. And there are potential rumors that Lacazette may leave. So if Lacazette leaves, they need another striker. They do have Martinelli with Aubameyang. But, I mean, Martinelli has been known to get injured in the past. He's not been able to remain fit. So I do think they would need another striker. And I'm actually seeing that uh, they're looking to get Tammy Abraham. I'm not sure the reliability on that. But it's something to watch out for because with Chelsea selling Lukaku officially, and we mentioned this last week, officially selling Lukaku, Tammy Abraham's not going to get the time that he would want. So um, that's a transfer that should be on the lookout. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, if you're a club like Arsenal signing players that are the second scraps of other clubs that are competing for the same things you want to compete for, I think is not the way to go about it. So I wouldn't favor... uh, Signing Tammy Tammy Abraham because what does he give you different that Lacazette doesn't you know doesn't give you it really wouldn't do much for me. Uh, I just feel like at this point you need someone like uh Mar- like Lautaro Martinez right from Inter Milan to yes. get you that extra dimension that you need because he provides pace and finishing and creativity and if you have him and Aubameyang that's a deadly partnership right so I think that that would be the signing that would benefit Arsenal more so than Tammy Abraham. But I have to agree with you. Ultimately, this team will probably finish for in Europa. Anything outside of the top six is just a major disappointment. And, uh, and people, should, people should get sacked for if they, they finish below six, honestly. Yeah, yeah, 100% agree with that. And um, also, Arsenal sold Joe Willock for, to Newcastle United this morning. So they have some additional funds that they can spend. Um, in addition to the striker, I, I do think they're a right back away. I think they need another right back. They're not really sure what's going on with Bellerin. Um, they're not sold on him. They're, and the right back that they just signed, I, I think he's probably a couple seasons away from being able to be that for sure starter. And they also have Cedric, who me personally, I don't rate. I think he's a good rotational player, but he's, he's not a starter that Arsenal would need. Um, yeah, so Caleb Chambers. Players. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. No, and then so I do think they are a few players away. Yeah, Caleb Chambers is going to be the starting right back for this year, and Ainsley Maitland-Niles, if he wanted to play right back, would be the the best right back on our roster, but he does not. So he's he's also looking to to move. I you know it's crazy, Lucas. I'm gonna I just want to bring up this point because you know you talked about the the progress that other teams made. If you if you were having a normal summer, right, and other teams were improving somewhat, but not too much, uh, and you signed a player like Ben White, a player like Lakonga, a backup, you know, left back in Nuno Tavares, and then you signed Odegaard, that would be considered a great window, right? Yeah. And, and it's crazy because in comparison, the what the other teams in the top four have also had great windows. So where does that really get you? Not really anywhere, right? So yeah. it's just it's just crazy to, t- to see the perspective of the, the transfer windows in the Premier League compared to other leagues. It's, it's crazy. You could sign a lot of players and reinvent your squad and improve, 
but that could that could lead you to ending up in the same place you were before if the other squads also improve with the revenue that's coming in from that league. Yeah, I mean, there's so many improvements made all, across all the uh, Premier League sides um, where, I mean, even Spurs are getting like the likes of Christian Romero, uh, Brian Gill. Um, I mean, you know, City, are, they got Jack Grealish and they're also in for Harry Kane potentially. We'll, we'll see what happens there. It's just a lot going on, and I, I do think, um, I do think that like it, it's it's a shame that Arsenal spent so much and they're still a tier below the rest of the sides. Um, but anything could happen in the Premier League. I will always say this because literally anything could happen. I mean, the players are all like fantastic. It's the toughest league. Uh, yeah, I, in my 100%. opinion, I think it's the toughest league. I agree. All right. Yeah. Is there is there any rumors that you you also want to cover? Because that was the only one I was interested in and in yeah, discussing. Yeah, I'm. I mean, everything's been uh, status quo. I mean, we've noted Harry Kane to uh, City. Man City are preparing a hundred fifty million pound uh, euro bid for Harry Kane, which is a lot of money. Imagine spending two hundred fifty million euros for Harry Kane and Jack Grealish. Um, another one to watch out for is the Jules Kounde to Chelsea transfer. I think that's been held up uh, just because Chelsea and uh, Valent- Sevilla are not in line with how they value uh, Kurt Zuma. So that's, that's another transfer to watch out for. Um, and then also Manuel Locatelli. He's inching closer to Juve. Uh, it's a transfer we expected, but it's a transfer that could really elevate Juve to the next level. Uh, yeah, 100% agree. I feel like we've covered all those extensively, you know. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting when, when one of the Damos falls and, and any of those players signs because then, especially Juve with Locatelli because he gives them, uh, like you said, a dimension that, that they currently do not have. And with that being said, I think it's time we conclude this call this podcast with the lock of the week, our new segment, Lucas, you wanted to bring it up. Why don't you tell everyone listening about it? Yeah. So lock of the week, uh, it's a new segment. We, we just want to uh, give to you guys of some bets that are going around across all the top five leagues that we just think you should just put, I mean, we wouldn't tell you to put your money on it, but we think that it's very likely that this could happen. Um, and we're just shocked at the odds that we're seeing about it. So just to get into what I think, I think my first, I'll, I'll give you two. My first one is Aston Villa plus 130 against Watford. And I'll give you the rationale behind it. Villa had the, these fantastic signings coming in with Danny Ings, with uh, Buendia, Leon Bailey. And their side last year was fantastic as it's. In addition to their uh, fantastic uh, defense with Martinez, uh, Tarjay, uh, it's it's a side that I think I have rated all the entire podcast. And that, the fact that they're getting only plus 130 versus Watford, who have just been promoted and haven't made any signings, I, I think that's uh, something that I would look into. 
And then the second one, uh, I mean, I'm just very shocked at why this is the case. Bayern is only one minus 140 versus Munchen Gladbach. Bayern Munich that just thrashes every team. And I did mention that I think there could be a draw. But even if you're getting minus 140 for Bayern, you're likely never going to get that against any other team. The only other team that I can see that being against is Dortmund. And, I mean, against Gladbach, I I put Dortmund at a higher level than Gladbach. So I I think that could be a a solid play as well. What do you think, Nick? No, I like both those bets. Uh, For me, you know, I'll I'll just focus on La Liga just because I I just – I feel like the value you get on La Liga because people uh, and bookkeepers are kind of less informed. You get better odds. Uh, yeah. I think I think really Betis versus Mallorca. Mallorca is historically been not a good team, uh, uh, you know, a yo-yo level club. But uh, Betis is plus 120 against them, and Betis had a great year last year. So I would definitely think about taking that one. And uh, the other point that I want to add for this is if you want to think position-wise, right, Mallorca just just got promoted, and Betis finished sixth. So if you had any other bet like this where a team finishing sixth was coming up against a relegation team, the 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 team that you know finished in Europe should be the the one that's a minus favorite. So I think the plus one twenty is a good bet. Uh, another one that I'm interested in is Celta Vigo versus Atletico. So uh, Celta Vigo is plus three ten. I wouldn't do that ever, uh, but Atletico on the other side is plus 100, which is a straight double up. And I think if you're, if you're interested in something like this, right, where you believe in Atletico, you think they're the best squad, right? Celta Vigo is a good team, finished on a tear last year. They won like four in a row. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. But I just, I just expect, I expect that to be an interesting one to me that's intriguing. But if I had to put money on either of these two, I like the the Betis Mallorca bet a lot. Yeah. So, uh, all right. I like that. Yeah, lock that one in options. for sure. Uh, I mean, we're not telling you to put uh, your bets in there, but just four games that we really like this weekend. No, I'm telling them, Lucas. I'm telling them. Go to the <laughs> bank. Go to the bank. Take everything out. Just put it on Betis, a team you've never seen before. All right. <laughs> you want to hear a fun fact about them? By the yeah. way. Yeah, okay, so they're they're they finished sixth, right? Mm-hmm. You know what their goal difference was? What was it? Zero. Wow. They scored wow. fifty and they gave up fifty. Wow. That's a perfectly that is, balanced that team. Is crazy. Yeah, it's a perfectly balanced team. They drew ten times as well, so it's just it's really it's really interesting. I mean, it's kind of pleasant to see on the board for last it year. It is. It is quite pleasant. Yeah, it so I, I mean, I like Betis a lot. They're they're a good squad. They have a good coach. Uh, yeah. Pellegrini is hey, he has the pedigree in that league, and I think that they're gonna they're gonna do just as well as they did last year this year. So uh, I expect a win, and I think that's pretty much all we have for for locks of the week. Yeah, I hope that everybody enjoyed the, that new segment. I mean, I did for sure. I I did. I love. We that. may end up losing a lot of money, but it's okay. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> all right, Lucas. So before we were unsure, there was no techers going on, but now there are techers. So what do we say here, Lucas? 
Enjoy them, Techers, ladies and gentlemen. And football is back. Enjoy every second of it. We have it for uh, the next nine months. So enjoy the football every day. Yeah, the great thing about you know watching these leagues is it's a long season. It's not like a three four month season. So it's just it's just a lot of games, but it's it's a lot of great matchups and it's really interesting the the politics behind it, the transfers, the, all the all the changings uh, that occur from from month to month with team uh, teams in their form. So, I mean, it's a long season, but it's a fun season, and we're we're definitely excited to to talk about it with you guys and have you guys listen to us on this podcast. I think that's it, right? Yeah, I mean, you uh, you close it out perfectly. All right. <laughs> well, we'll see you guys later. We hope you enjoyed the show. Catch you next week.